0: Welcome to the Benakiva Connects Podcast, a podcast exploring the challenges and transformational technology in the insurance industry. Join us as we talk about industry issues and the technology, tactics, and tools that will help your business become a beneficiary-first company. We are on a mission to help our clients become customer-centric in their approach to claims management with powerful processes, customer experiences, and technology now, here's your host, Ashley Oxholm.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Ben Akiva Connects podcast. I am your host, Ashley Oxholm. I have with me today Brent, our co-founder and CEO. Hey, Brent.
2: Hey, how are you?
1: Doing all right. And today we have the pleasure of having Mr. Nick Gerhardt, the Executive Vice President of Homesteaders Life and the former, former Insurance Commissioner of the state of Iowa. How are you, Nick?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks.
1: Good deal. So let's just dive in because I know our listeners are going to be eager to just learn more about you. I'm sure they're following you on LinkedIn, seeing your posts. So tell me a little bit about who you are and how you ended up in insurance.
3: So yeah, yeah. Nick Garrett, obviously, and uh, married to Jessica. Got four kids. Um, I, I joke all the time, so, uh, I got in the insurance industry by accident. I uh, thought I was going to be a hospital administrator, and uh, my dad was a doctor, so I wasn't smart enough to be a doctor. But I figured I'd be a hospital administrator, and tell doctors what to do. Um, somehow, I ended up in insurance. I tell people all the time when I moved back to Iowa, I told my wife, you know, I'll, I'll do insurance for like a year or so, and. After that I'll do something in healthcare, and then 10 years later, I was a commissioner, and I'm, I'm still in it. You know, like Brent and I joke all the time it's kind of like the Hotel California you can check into the industry, but you can't get out of it. So
1: it's been, <laughs> okay. it's been a good run. it's so true. I think I started in the insurance industry first job right out of college just to do something, and bam, 15 years later, <laughs> here I am.
3: Wake up, is 20 years like how that happened, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. So all right. Well, thank you again. I want to just dive into some some questions that I know our listeners have, have wanted me to ask. And, you know, we certainly want your input because of so much experience that you have within the industry. Let's talk about all the different value chains needed in the insurance industry. Obviously, we have a lot going on there. And you need multiple tools to carry on the day-to-day of those value chains. Does it make more sense for one company to build out an entire platform for all things needed for a carrier? Or does it make more sense for a carrier to purchase different software systems, the best in their field, and add them to the ecosystem of the carrier?
3: So you nailed it in the first part. You know, there's a lot of value chains. and. People don't realize how complex insurance is from distribution all the way to the end we pay out a claim right so top of funnel all the way through and you know I, I i've yet to meet a carrier that's really good at building all this on their own um you know i've, I've worked at a couple carriers and and uh, they're really good at a lot of things but one thing we're really not good at is building you know that full stack technology we need so you know i always err on you know you're going to have your core systems you know you're going to have the blocking and tackling issuing policies and, and doing all that but you know for everything else if you can add it on I think that's better you'll build a better customer experience um, and quite frankly technology is changing so fast that uh, you know, your whatever you build is going to be outdated the minute you throw it out there so you're going to want vendors and partners and, and I like to have them be more like partners than vendors but uh, you know partners that could help you whether it's a customer experience tool uh, underwriting tool an e app uh, policy portal um, claims payment I mean Go down that list. There's so many things that you have to be good at, and um, I've yet to meet a carrier that's good at all that. To be honest with you, they've got great technology people. They've got great uh, people at risk management, good at, at distribution. But the technology piece, you know, I, I joke a lot of our carriers are built on the best technology from 1985, um, and so yeah. You know, but it still works. You know what I mean? It's like I, my wife and I joke if we uh, need a new washer and dryer at the house, and uh, the one we have is not that old, but you know, the one we had 20 years ago still would have worked. And so. You know I think you always want to keep going on modern things, but the reality is if you got old stuff that works, why not add on to it with new things that'll make it better? And that's where what we really look to do. And I think what the smarter carriers are trying to figure out is look, you can't be everything for everybody when you think about a, a full system. Um, but you don't have to be. You know, you yeah. can partner with folks that are good at that and quite frankly they're more agile. And the thing that I love the most about those partnerships is they make you think differently too. So you know, we're a 115 year old plus mutual insurance company, but we look for those partners to really challenge our thinking. So it's, it's. I really like that part of it too. It's you know, hard to ROI that out, but it's invaluable to get your team to think differently.
1: Absolutely, and Brent, I'm gonna to, to circle back to you a little bit because let's talk about the feedback that you have received from the many carriers that ben Akiva has talked to, just about the cost difference between buying and building.
2: Yeah, I would say years ago, you know, it probably made sense from a financial aspect to build internally. When you were looking at, you know, on-prem models where ultimately you gotta store the software on premise and then you gotta maintain the software on premise. Maybe it didn't make sense to have somebody come in and maintain that for you over over a long period of time and you just hire the people to go ahead and do that work. But as pro- as the progression of technology has occurred, I think there's been this 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 shift this teetering effect where now it doesn't make sense to build all that stuff internally and then maintain it and worry about revision upgrades and and you know releases and patches and all of those things that go along with a technology and i i often say that you know it's kind of shifted back to insurance companies i think are shifting to focus on more of what they are. And I've said for years, insurance companies are not technology companies, right? And you you either need to decide as an insurance company, do you wanna be a technology company? Then that that has changed now. Or do you wanna be a really good insurance company? I would argue that this day and age, you're probably better off to say, let's focus on our core insurance and let's partner with the technology folks to give us that experience we want, that uh, flexibility we want, the scalability we want, all of those things that that coincide with technology itself. Um, you know, I had a conversation with one carrier. This was a while ago, and and they were and they were uh, bragging about having 400 people in the IT department, and I immediately thought, why? I mean, you're not a technology company. I mean, you know, that's why do you have that many people in? in, in, But it makes sense because they have all of these old legacy systems that it requires people on site to actually manage and maintain and, and, and take care of those items, basically keep the lights on. So when you look at those IT departments and carriers today, they're busy just keeping the lights on, just keeping the things running and just keeping the things going, let alone going and trying to build, like in our case, build a, an entire end-to-end claims and servicing system, right? I mean, it just it just doesn't make sense anymore for carriers uh, to do that. And in my opinion, I would, I would say today, the CBA, cost versus benefit analysis, will always be less expensive for a carrier to partner as opposed to build. Because we know what happens. You're going to go through a CBA and your IT team is going to say, we can build this, right? And we can build it for this much money. Immediately, it's going to be three times what they think. It's going to take four times as long. And then you still have to maintain it. You have to do revision controls. You have to, all of these other pieces that the question isn't whether the IT team can build it. The IT teams can build it. The question is, should they be building it?
3: Yeah. No, thank you, no doubt. And you brought up a good point. It's like, you know, do what you're, you're good at. And some of the uh, the early disruption that was going on in the industry was all about the carriers that were going to be disrupted by the the new entrants, right? And and some of them have done some great work, but a lot of them have kind of skipped the, the underwriting discipline side of it too. So it is an interesting uh, analogy that, uh, you know, as insurance folks, we're pretty good at the risk management, we're good at the distribution, we're good at a lot of things, but step back, you know, we ain't meta, you know, we're not Google, we're not, you know, these, these types of companies. And so, but we don't have to be, I mean, you nailed it. we don't, we don't have to be we, that our customers, you know, they, they're not going to care what we use for tech stack, you know, they want good experience and, you know, good value and don't want to overpay for us. So So I, I think you nailed it.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that over overall digital chain does it make more sense to take that and break it down into smaller smaller digital transformations
3: you know um again i always tell folks you you really got to start at the basics you know it's like the old uh, story about vince lombardi we took over the team and he's like hey here's a football right you got to start at basics and, <laughs> and, and uh to me, it's like, you know, here's data management, here's data governance. And, and, you you know, Brent, we've talked about this many times, you know, you, you want to jump right into the cool stuff and the great stuff. But if you don't have that foundation, um, you're really building a house on sand. And so, so you've got to step back um, and take care of your, your own house, so to speak. And then from there, assuming you can have the you know data management and actually know who your customers are and, and a record that's close to the, you know, the best record and all that. Then you can start to build out, okay, what's our vision and roadmap? And you start with a roadmap. Um, and then you're not going to, most companies are not going to throw out their legacy system. So then it's like, okay, you're probably going to go bit by bit. What are you, you going to focus on first? You know, for for us, you know, we looked at claims. Now we're looking top of funnel customer experience. I mean, and you start to build out. And to Brett's earlier point, we realized early on, you know, we, we got talented people that could do all that. But we're going to go to market faster. We're going to have our ideas executed on it. And more importantly, we're going to figure out, you know, where we are right and where we are wrong sooner too. (laughs) I mean, so like some of the stuff we're doing on customer experience and acquisition, you know, we just met this morning we know we're going to be wrong on some of the stuff we're trying, but that's why I love our company because we're willing to go try these things. Um, But we clearly feel like it's better to find the partners and not try to to do it all at once, but find the pieces that make sense um, and focus on that roadmap. And, and it's, we got an end goal in mind, but if we tried to boil the ocean in that first year, there, there's no way. We 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 throw up our arms and cry uncle, and and you know be in the fetal position, sucking our thumbs, and you know <laughs> trying to explain to our board why we pissed away so much money. So um,
1: yeah.
3: that that that's that's, why, that's our approach. So,
1: oh, and absolutely.
2: I I would actually I, I would actually like to chime in on that because it it does make a lot of sense. You think you know get the foundation of the house in first. You know we were talking. Uh, You know, there's all kinds of analytics companies out there and, you know, specifically claims analytics, right? We're a claims and servicing platform across an entire organization. And when you pair that with an analytics engine, wow, some really cool things can occur. But it's interesting because, you know, you've got a carrier that says, oh, we're talking to this analytics company and they want to do X, Y, and Z. And we're talking to them going, okay, great, you're in 16 separate systems, (laughs) one single claim. Why don't we handle that first? And then let's talk about adding the analytics into the engine, right? And we find that, you know, while that's a great solution. At the end of the day, you're not going to get the true benefit of that solution until you have that foundational piece in place.
3: You know, it's it's like many times in life, I, I get humbled pretty quickly when I try to do something, right? And one of my first things I I tried to do, and you know, we we were trying to build out this really cool uh, platform and innovation, and we realized we didn't even know who the customers were. You know what I mean? And to your point, and so you know, and, and a lot of carriers have great ideas, but when you skip that foundation, you you're really just making the project much more worse. And really, and quite frankly. You won't be able to complete it so I, I think carriers have gotten a lot smarter at that but uh you know it is workflows it's it's all these disparate systems and if you're a multi-line carrier for instance you know nick might have an auto policy a life policy annuity and you don't, you don't even know what i own because it's not all in one spot so you don't even know who i am as a customer some of these carriers and so i feel like they're they are starting to get back to the basics which is good
1: yeah absolutely all right so let's take a shift here and and talk industry-wide what do you think the next five years look like in the insurance industry? Wow.
3: You know, that's a great question. I uh, <clears throat> I, I, I joke, you know, for a while we were in what I call the insure tech petting zoo. So uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, innovation was a buzzword and people were trying to do a lot of POCs, which is great, you know, trying new things and, and all of that. But uh, I think now we are really kind of, you know, going to be a lot of great companies that have great ideas are going to be sort of put out the pasture. Um, we're having a hard time getting capital. So, you know, we're, we're competing in a much harder market in terms of access to capital. So if you're a startup and you're not funded and have good capital partners, that, that could be a real challenge to raise money right now, for instance. And so I think it's gonna be harder to, uh, to raise money for the next couple of years. Um, I, I don't feel like distribution is going to change that much in five years. I think you know, agents and brokers are going to be around for a while and, and, uh, I think we're going to see more and more digital sales go, but uh, I don't feel like agents and brokers are, are going away anytime soon. But I really feel like, you know, we're at, at a great time for the tech companies. If you can make it to the next couple of years and you have, I actually just posted about this today on LinkedIn, the difference between having a hundred million dollar company and going out of business is a real tightrope, you know, right now. And um, that's new for a lot of these founders. Right. And so, you know, not that long ago, you could have a great idea, put on a napkin and meet a VC at a bar and have five million bucks. I mean, that, that was literally happening a few years ago. And uh, and now I, I've talked to a couple of founders who have great businesses, some good traction, and they're having a hard time getting funding. Um, and, and so you're seeing compressed valuations. But those people that can get through and have the perseverance, uh, the idea, solve hard problems, I actually think their multiples will be bigger. And I think that uh, you're going to see some real good insure tech success stories. Um, but in the, gro- in the global market, I think we're going to see more and more competition on the life side. Consolidation is going to continue to happen. Um, I think the reinsurance market is going to continue to get hard. And and so you'll see a lot more uh, interesting issues around that. And I feel like we're going to see a lot more uses of data and um, regulators trying to figure out really how do they regulate this uh, kind of emerging um, class of data and how it's used and all that. So it's an exciting time to be industry for sure, but uh, we're, I think we're just starting to see kind of the, the tail end of some of the insure tech bubble. Um, a lot of good companies are probably not going to make it, and that uh, doesn't mean they weren't good companies and great ideas. It just means money ran out and it's been too hard to raise money. So uh, my, my hat off to people that are still standing and have good ideas and products and solving problems because I think the companies are going to be worth more money, actually.
1: All right. Okay, so... Let's talk a little bit about risk. What are some things that we need to look out for from a risk perspective? And what do you think that highest risk is?
3: You know, right now in, in, in the industry, if you will, I think that the highest risk is really probably doing things you don't fully understand, whether it's uh, investment strategies, use of data. You know, there was a pretty nasty uh, lawsuit recently with a large carrier around the allegations are, you know, not only to turn but around how they're using data actually on claims. And and uh, I, I think you have to get a lot smarter and, and understand your partners and, and how the, those data sources are being used and whether or not some of that data is being used has an inherent bias. And is that actually coming out in the outcomes? Um, I think we're going to see regulators probably start to pay more and more attention to, to that. Um, you know, and I think we have a huge uh, risk, quite frankly, on, on talent. I think there's a a huge war happening to attract talent and get people in the industry i mean like Brett and i've joked no one entered this industry on purpose hardly at all um so we got to do a lot better job of attracting diverse and, and good strong talent and uh, kind of look where we normally don't look for that talent because it's a great career you know i mean it is you can have uh, you can make an impact help people and i always joke you know if, if you're in a life industry you're helping a family at the worst moment if you're in the property casually you know, you're helping people on their worst day, and it's, it's a great profession. There's a lot of dignity in that field. And uh, we need to I tell young people that, you know, this is a great career here, and, and uh, you can do meaningful work with a lot of purpose. And uh, so we really have to do a, a better job of attracting that next generation of, of talent. And we're taking some unique steps to, to do that on a smaller scale. You know, we're a company about 300 employees, but uh, the bigger companies have the same challenge. And um, so I, I do feel like we have to do a much better job attracting talent, retaining talent, up up uptraining our talent um, and giving our employees really career paths that matter. So they see a future because the next the generation coming in wants my job right now. Right. Which I love that. Uh, I love the ambition, you know, but uh, but I got to give them a path so they can see where their future is. And uh, otherwise they'll leave, you know, and um, I get it. I mean, it, it's 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 easy just to lament and complain and, and say, well, hey, they don't sound like an old guy, they, you know, but they don't pay their dues. But. The reality is they don't have to. I mean, so, you know, the young, talented people can go do whatever they want. And, you know, and so we have to create an environment where we're creating jobs that they see a future and they make good money and they make an impact and provide for their families. So, yeah. And then just the overall market right now, I think interest rates are a big risk, too. So, you know, hopefully we can get inflation and and the macro uh, financial issues under control because in the life space, those are some pretty big risks as well. So. Um, but overall, I feel like, you know, insurance has been a long time and uh, carriers have managed much, much worse. And uh, a lot of us are going to come out a lot stronger. So I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the future, but, you know, next couple of years have some challenges on the macro uh,
2: financial side.
1: Absolutely. Brent, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, a couple of thoughts on, uh, one, the talent risk. Um, we actually use that at Benikiva as a sales tool, right? Because When you look at you know are the people actually using the platform policyholders beneficiaries and then internal claims and servicing staff, we often say you know you can't hire a a younger person to to be part of the claims and servicing team, and then stick them in front of a green screen. (laughs) Function this arrow that enter this right by the end of the day they're looking for another job. End of the
3: day by lunch they're out.
2: (laughs) So we use that as a sales tool. That look now they can just live, breathe, and play in one system, and it's it's cool and it's fun, and it does all these things for you. So we 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 look at that from a uh, we use that as a sales tool from a talent gathering perspective. The second piece is even from a training perspective. You know, we had one of our carriers say, "Oh my gosh, we're not even." I, I had all this training time built into this process that we're not even going to need now. I mean, you literally just put them in front of the the Benekiva system and just do what the system tells you to do. I mean, you know, there's no training needed really. Um, and, and then from a risk perspective, you know, I do agree with you. There's a, there's a lot of insure tech, uh, insure techs over the next, I would say three to five years, where, are, we're going to have some thinning of the insure techs, but I think it, it kind of stems back to the definition of insure tech. Yep. Um, to me, you know, when, when, Insuretech first came on board, you know, years ago, and it became this buzzword. It was technology companies that supported the insurance industry, right? Yep. So they did core functionalities like the ad, the yep. cloud-based admin systems, you know, the guide wires, the you know those those technology companies that were built to support insurance industry. Today, I would argue that insuretech definition is a digital insurance carrier and to me those are two completely different things right if you're a core technology in a company uh where once we install that company's going to be partnered with that carrier for 50 years those companies aren't having an issue raising capital it's the it's the the digital insurance carriers the lemonades the slices the the you know those types of companies are going to have more of a struggle because now you're you're trying to compete against the incumbents and at the end of the day, like you said, insurance in your company has been here 115 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. That company, that 115 year company, isn't just going to go away. <laughs> you know, so, um, to me, I think part of that, you know, we got to step back and say, okay, what is the true definition of this uh, now? Because I mean. It's it's one of those scenarios where you know we're look, from a risk perspective for Benikiba, I don't I don't see any risk. Benikiba's here to stay, right? But if I was doing something different, if I wasn't one of those core technologies, yeah, I'd probably be. Worried. Well, you, you you bring you bring up
3: an interesting point. You know, in terms of you know how how do you you know, how do you define the insured tech, and yeah, you know, we could talk about that for a long time. But I think what's also changed is you know, you have to have a good ROI model, right? So you yeah. are, you're not, you're, you're selling to me, but you're really selling to the finance team, the CFO. And if you can't show that team, whether it's top line or efficiency, or you've know, you got to be able to show, you know, I, I think the next 12 months, you know, uh, is, is going to be challenging for those companies that don't really have a good ROI model, honestly. Yep. And and I don't know if that was, you know, I don't know if anybody asked you that before Brent really, but you're, you're probably getting that question now I'm guessing. Right. And, uh, and and but two years ago, you probably didn't get that question very often, right? So, because because everybody wanted to innovate, because we had to, and um, it did almost become like a little bit of a buzzword for sure. So, so I do feel like, you know, if you're if you're a startup and you're you're thinking about this, you know, develop your ROI model and, and make sure you you have something that's really defensible and and can show how that carrier is either going to grow, become more efficient, save money, you know, do all those things that uh, I know the technology can do. But you're right. I mean. I, I've, been, I've been working on technology issues and insurance since 2003. <laughs> you know, so, um, no, it, it, it's not new. So, you're right. Yeah.
2: And what, Absolutely. What's interesting is from, you know, you know, you mentioned the ROI piece. We've actually started shifting to actually helping carriers with the CBA, the cost-benefit yep. analysis, right? Yep. Because uh-huh. at the end of the day, what we want to provide is – a, a CBA and an ROI that makes it look to the carrier like, well, gosh, I mean, this is kind of a no brainer. We should do this, right? Yes. Because the proof is in, in the numbers, right? If we're yeah. showing, you know, one one of our clients is 74.7% efficiencies. That's, that's real dollars and cents. That's, you know, you don't need 300 people on your claim staff. Now you can, you know, repurpose some of those people to do more higher value, uh, uh, operations in in the in the company as opposed to just doing those mundane tasks, right? Let the technology do the mundane tasks and you know, from a Benikiba perspective, that was one of the things we got wrong in the research. One of the things we got wrong was I felt claim staff would look at Benikiba as a as a competitor to their, to their job. Yeah. And that's absolutely not the case. They actually love the platform and they tell us No, I love the platform because that platform's taking those things off of my plate that I didn't want to do anyway. (laughs) Now I can spend the extra five minutes on the phone with the beneficiary and, you know, be empathetic during this grieving process, right? I have the time to really do that. And that's where you want your humans to be focused. You don't want your humans focused on doing a task in this system and then checking a box in that system.
3: Exactly. No, yeah, that's great.
1: Absolutely. All right, we're gonna wrap up here, but before we go, I want to ask both of you, what advice do you have for carriers?
3: Uh, I'll start. Yeah, I mean, I think for carriers, it's it's you know if you're gonna do innovation, do it with the purpose. So, you know, make sure it aligns to a strategy or a core strategy or, and, uh, you know, we, we've gone past the whole, hey, we're gonna just innovate because AM Best tells us to, which is great. I mean, AM Best forced a lot of companies' hands, which I think was, was good. Um, but I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you gotta align it to a core strategy. And I can't stress enough the importance of just doing the hard work first, the foundational work, um, it's not fun it's not sexy and it's going to cost you money um but uh, but you know you, you want to get that first because you can't do the cool stuff until you have the foundation built so and uh, and finally just you know don't be afraid to try and, and fail or and, and learn from it and move on and um you know a lot of insurance people want to have perfect you know i know brent's walked into companies and they were having done a certain way 100 and that that's not going to happen in a digital world you can't take an analog process and make it digital because really you've just digitized a bad process probably so you know be, be willing to try the new things learn from it and if you try something that doesn't work you know you're not going to bet the farm but but be able to uh, have the grace to say hey it didn't work out the way we thought like you just said about um, you know you had an assumption it was wrong you know and um, yeah you've learned from it and you moved on and, and you build a better product because of it. quite frankly. So, um, you know, everything, I look at everything as a learning opportunity. And uh, I, I think the old saying is, you know, I never fail. I just learn a lot. <laughs> so, um, and I think I gotta kind of try to live by that. I think the carriers that do live by that are going to do very, very well. I think we'll have very bright futures.
1: Absolutely. I tell my team all the time, when you fail, learn from it. And next time fail better.
3: Yeah, exactly. Just keep learning.
1: What about you, Brent? What what would you tell our carrier listeners right now?
2: Yeah, I would say uh, just start. I mean, at some point you got to just put one foot in front of the other and start something. With that being said, I tell every carrier that there are three things that occur that don't stop, regardless of what transformation effort you're going through. I don't care if you're going through a customer experience transformation or a call center transformation, It, it really doesn't matter put whatever, whatever uh, uh, operations in front of transformation you want. But there are three things that the end users of your product, policyholders and beneficiaries, that constantly go through, and they don't care what you're doing from a digital transformation effort. Those three things are claims, servicing, and new business. Those three functions do not stop regardless of what transformation process you're going through. So you know, selfishly for me, I look at that and go, okay, that's why we wanna make sure that whatever digital transformation process you're gonna go through, you need to make sure those things, those core things are best of breed. And then you can do really, to Nick's word, you can do really cool stuff around that. Yeah,
3: absolutely, good advice.
1: Absolutely, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Nick. We really yeah. appreciate it. And to our listeners, we thank you for your time head on over to benakiva.com and click on our connects tab and you'll find all of our podcasts and webinars. And we'll have a webinar talking about some of the topics we discussed today on this Thursday at 10 a.m. So look out for that invite. And Nick, thank you so much for your time. Brent, thank you for your time. Everybody, you guys have a great night.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Benakiva Connects podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.benakivaconnex.com slash podcast where you can subscribe to the show in itunes spotify or via rss so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in this show we'd appreciate a rating on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too if you liked this show you might want to check out a demo of our software simply go to www.benikiva.com and click request a demo. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode where we will continue setting the digital foundation for end-to-end claims and servicing transformation.